committee, I welcome you with open arms. Is that so? How late do you stay open? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why she wouldn't even harm a fly. What's up, everybody? You're listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush, and uh, we've got a great guest here today. Uh, if, if you are an expiring filmmaker, one of the things that can always be a problem is getting the technical side down. Of course, you've got an idea for a film. Maybe you've got a script. Maybe you've got some people on board. But, of course, it's not a uh, movie without movie-making equipment. And uh, luckily, I've got something that is going to help you out here. It's called Filmscape Chicago. It's a cinema and television production expo that focuses on community building, providing two days of completely free education for technicians. So you heard me right. It's completely free. This is going to be running on September 7th and 8th over at Cinespace, which has become a massive hub of filmmaking here in Chicago. Uh, That's 2558 West 16th Street. And joining me right now is Ned McGregor and Colette Gabriel, who are on the board of Filmscape Chicago. And uh, we're going to talk all about this great event guys welcome to the show thanks so much for having us thanks so let's get to learn about both of you uh ned why don't you start us off where are you from uh what got you into filmmaking and this sort of this sort of world uh i'm from georgia initially uh came to chicago uh, eight years ago at this point uh i work at a company called barbazon lighting so we work in uh film production uh theater architectural uh live event all sorts of lighting support and through work, I got to meet a lot of people who were involved in the Chicago film community, and education is a big part of my background. And so having an opportunity to put a show like this together that was focused on giving back to the community and educating for the community was, mm-hmm. was something that we saw an opportunity for and was, were really excited about. So you've got the background in lighting, more of the technical side of things, which is something that I think a lot of filmmakers uh, aren't thinking about right out of the gate they just have this great idea for a for a film but they're not thinking about well where am i gonna get the lighting who's gonna do the lighting who's uh got all those skills that we need and uh it seems like filmscape might be able to connect people with that and if you're interested in the technical side they'll be able to learn a little bit about these different technical aspects correct absolutely yeah i think one of the big one of the big appealing things about the show for folks who are are not necessarily technical or not necessarily interested in the technical is that networking component you know you've got people there who want to learn about the technical side who are the technical people but if you're there as a filmmaker it's a great opportunity to just meet people who can be that lighting person for your next film fantastic so it's for for everyone really you don't have to be you know uh i i'm really bad with film terms like gaffer best boy i feel like those are all those are things things. (laughs) those are both (laughs) exist uh colette what about yourself where are you from and uh what brought you to filmscape Uh, I am originally from Berkeley, California, um, but I came to Chicago to study film at Columbia College and loved the community here. But unfortunately, when I graduated a ways back, um, there wasn't much of a community here. So I did the thing that a lot of people do and moved to L.A. and Mm -hmm. and started working in the industry there. And while uh, I was successful, it was great working out there. just wasn't for me. So came back to Chicago and have been back here for 11 years. And luckily, the film industry has really, really grown in the past 
decade here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been lucky to be a part of that. And yeah, you've really seen the whole curve. Yeah. You went to school here. The, th- the filmmaking wasn't as big. You know, obviously Columbia is a great school for film. Many people have gone through Columbia and learned different parts of the trade. But you went out to L.A., came back and got to see a total transformation. What was that like seeing a film industry kind of almost pop up in Chicago out of nowhere? Yeah, it was great. I mean, when I came back, it was the beginning of the recession and and you know, it was hard to get a job and just sort of trying to figure out what I was going to do to fit in to to continue working in the film industry when there wasn't much along those lines here. So, um Cinespace started opening, um, and then the company that I work for is Keslo Camera, um, and we're a camera rental house, so we provide all of the camera equipment, lenses, um, those things for a lot of the TV shows, commercials, and feature films that shoot here. Um, And so Keslo Camera was looking to open up um, at Cinespace, because Cinespace mm-hmm. really wanted to create a whole community and just just be kind of the hub of filmmaking in Chicago. So having vendors there and having production offices and sort of every aspect of filmmaking just right in one space was, was their goal, and they've succeeded at that. It keeps growing and growing. So I've been very fortunate to not only be in Chicago watching this happen, but kind of be in the, in the center of it at Cinespace the whole time. Yeah, you've got the inside track you've seen cinespace go from just an idea to now housing many different productions of many different types and um you know i've never had the chance to visit cinespace what kind of range of project levels are we talking here do we are we seeing indies to some of the biggest productions going on there i mean what's it like inside cinespace it's mostly focuses on the larger productions, so um, the studio productions. So Fox um, has been involved with Cinespace for quite some time. Um, Empire is, of course, right. one of their biggest TV shows. Um, but they do a lot of TV pilots there. Um, so usually they do about two or, th- two or three of them every year, even if they aren't set in Chicago. Um, they use it as one of their main filming places around the country. Um, and then sometimes, too, they bring a TV show that isn't set in or th- that the pilot wasn't shot in Chicago, mm-hmm. but they end up bringing the the show here. Um, so Fox is big. And, of course, NBC with all the Dick Wolf shows, Chicago right. Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Med. So those have been kind of the, the strongholds and, and sort of the beginning of what ha- what we've uh, what's been built up to. Um, but then you have other um, movies and, and Amazon and Netflix um, have brought shows there. But it definitely is more of the studio higher level. Um, they do uh, work with the community as well and uh, sort of help build up some um, they, they have internships, so they, they help build careers that way. They're hiring um, locally yeah, as exactly. much as possible. Um, that's, I mean, that's an amazing thing to have here in the city, especially with more and more people kind of leaving the L.A.-New York dichotomy to be like, hey, there's a place here for us. Uh, since both of you are working in the industry on the technical side, um, I want to know how much of a boon has it been for both? 
both of you to have these bigger productions coming through with things so well known as Empire and the Dick Wolf shows, but also I know they had like a, a Dwayne Johnson movie, Rampage was shooting here. We were actually still in Tribune Tower when they were shooting it, and one morning they had the helicopter, they cleared Michigan Avenue, the helicopter's going, and that must cost a decent amount of money to get everybody involved to move it, and using thousands of lights and uh, however many cameras they need, so uh, Ned, maybe you could speak to this as in your business, how much um, more work has this brought in, how much economic value has this brought in? It's great for this. I mean, the, the, the thing that people don't necessarily think about when they're talking about you know what value a show having something like empire or the nbc shows in town is that it really does trickle down it 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 creates this infrastructure in the city because even if cinespace isn't you know the studios on cinespace's lot aren't necessarily being used for indie production or commercial or mm-hmm. student films but the the infrastructure that has to grow around those companies absolutely are uh, companies like Kesslow, companies like barbizon um MBS Equipment Company, who's another one of our sponsors, uh, DePaul University has a stage down at Cinespace where they have film education. They're, they have stages on that lot, and they're they're showing students, they're teaching students in that environment. And like, none of that is directly because you know NBC isn't doing that or Fox isn't doing that. But the things that have to grow around shows mm-hmm. like that in order to sustain them are good for the film community as a whole and are great for indie. Com- indie creators Mm -hmm. because they create more opportunity yeah so your company has to grow your company has to grow as well and then you can have something like filmscape where now we can take all this growth and spread it around to uh, folks who want to learn more and let's let's talk a little bit about how filmscape came about um when when did this get started and when was the initial kernel uh you know kind of planted and said hey let's have this trade show that is going to cater to not a ultra professional studio level but more of a mid to indie range level of filmmaking yeah so we um the show has really grown um the first year that it could be at all described to have existed was uh barbizon did a sort of a private expo for IATSE Local 476, which is the studio mechanics union here in Chicago. So electricians, grips. And we brought in, I think, 10 exhibitors and had about 100 people show up. Um, That was three years ago. Then last year we did a more full-scale show. We had about 30 exhibitors come out. And that was actually down at Cinespace. We had mm-hmm. some facilities. We had some classes involved. Uh, but this year is our first year really doing it to the scale that it is now. This is our first year involving Kesslow. This is our first year having camera vendors, having camera exhibitors, um, and really trying to cater to the the filmmaker market and the and the students and independent folks who are who are who have the most to you know gain from the education components of it. Right. And I do. I think it's incredibly. Um, awesome that this is free this is something that if anybody is studying film or thinking about studying film or has even gotten their degree from columbia or even depaul which has its own uh, burgeoning film school um can now get even more education get deeper into the craft i how is this just all through sponsorships that this is able to make be a free event yeah, I, I mean, we charge a pretty nominal fee compared to other trade shows and events like this around the country mm-hmm. for our exhibitors to exhibit there. And then with that, we've asked them to partner with us in 
in hosting some of these uh, classes. So everybody has been really generous with um, with being teachers for these classes and wanting to help educate people. So it. I don't want to say it's been easy, but it, it's been <laughs> it's been easy to get people to want to be involved yeah. and and to help this effort to educate people. So really, yeah, I mean, it, we have a very small budget, but it's just enough to to make it work. And 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 definitely, our goal was to keep this free. Mm-hmm. It was very important that this that no one should be limited uh, by finances and not be able to get this education. Right, and it seems like you're training your own talent pool in a sense when these companies get involved this is their next generation of the workforce or the next you know uh set of people who might get into camera tech or get into lighting and all this sort of stuff uh do either of you teach any of the classes or are you just too busy running the show at the bigger level? <laughs> <laughs> I should be too busy running the show at the bigger level, um, but I am. I am going to be teaching a lighting control class on the first day. Um, it's it's a class that I taught last year. It's a class that I teach a lot for Barbizon because um, one of the one of the really cool things about Filmscape because the board is all extremely technical people at the level that we're at is that we're able to offer classes in technologies that are so new that film schools aren't offering them yet Mm -hmm. it's you know the lighting and camera are changing so fast and everything you know as soon as a school has an idea can approve the budget purchases something that technology is already out of date so we're teaching class on the new gear and the new technology and the new protocols that you have to know to be if you're trying to get into a higher level production or if you're just trying to be more efficient on your own you know your own freelance work or your Mm -hmm. own your own work you have to know this you have to know this stuff you have to know the gear you have to know the tech but it's it's schools and and even you know labor unions sometimes are on on this curve so we're really trying to be at the absolute edge teaching the absolute newest stuff how exhausting does that get i mean with both of you being on this side of the industry trying to keep up with obviously it's your job in a sense you know you're working in this and trying to be okay what's the latest generation of camera as things move into you know if you want to shoot a netflix show you better be shooting in 4k you better and it better be in hdr and then i mean what's even down the road we're looking at what 8k and a million k what i this is the stuff that totally escapes me but i'm fascinated by how do you stay on that cutting edge in both of your both of your respective industries you know from the rental standpoint it is tough because we have to decide what new gear we're going to purchase and whether that's going to succeed and certainly you know every everybody on the rental side has um, taken chances on some things that have done really well and some things that haven't and it's so hard so we really have to work closely with our clients with our cinematographers um, and camera assistants and also pay attention to people like netflix who are demanding certain standards so it, it it's tough and generally um when we take a chance on something major like a new camera, um, we look at uh, we, we follow the lead of a cinematographer who maybe really wants to use that camera. So it's worth the investment for us to then help support them and and it to go out for a few months on a TV show or a mm-hmm. movie or things like that. But it it is tough to sort of figure out which which direction the trends are going to go. And you know we we just really I mean at Keslo Camera we 
really collaborate. Um, so my headquarters is in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, but we have offices all around North America, and we stay very connected with each other like we're in the next room. So yeah. we're constantly talking about what's happening, what are the trends, uh, what do people want, what's working, what isn't working, um, and, and just staying on top of it. Yeah. And I'm guessing 10 years ago, I mean, people thought 3D was going to be like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is it. <laughs> James Cameron says it's going to be the big thing. It must be the big thing. And that's kind of more or less fizzled out. Um, although, you know, this, you still have massive studio productions like your Avengers and whatever shooting in 3D. But I'm guessing the three is 3D in high demand. Uh, not so much. No. <laughs> not unless they start shooting Empire in 3D or, or uh, Chicago PD, which would be very, very interesting. Chicago um, 3D. Chicago 3D. <laughs> there. <laughs> um, so when when you have uh, people come to Filmscape, um, how what what kind of level of knowledge do you usually get with people? Is it is it zero expertise and they're just like, I want to see if I can learn a skill, or is it mostly folks who are like, I'm at an intermediate level or maybe you know expert, but I just want to get trained on the new technology? What is the general audience of Filmscape? So the idea that we came to this year with, um, which was kind of new for for our approach, was that we wanted to have options for anybody on that scale. So we have because you know um IT476 is one of our sponsors we have classes for high level lighting technicians right. you know the the most experienced grips most experienced camera operators and assistants folks who are absolutely at the top of their game and want to learn about that new technology the cutting edge stuff but we're also giving you know there's a lighting 101 class there's a rigging 101 class there's a camera assistant 101 class like very very much you know it's it's i just want to learn it's either for the technician that is just starting that journey or for the non-technical person who just wants to learn a couple of you know vocabulary words to better interact or better talk right. to the technicians so you've got some boot camps more or less absolutely like, I'm, I'm going to get you the absolute basics to either do or communicate this job because so many young direct yeah, a lot of people who want to get into the film industry i want to be a director sure at, at least at least on one project or another maybe it's not their full-time thing but regardless they go into this not knowing a lot of the jargon that is ultimately very important to communicating what you want, executing that vision. So Filmscape is going to be essentially able to provide some of that and, and get you ready to say, hey, lighting, I need this, this, and this. And they're not going to look at you like you're some jackass. <laughs> just just walked onto a film set right. with uh, big ideas and dreams of Hollywood. No, absolutely. And I think one of the, the things that it does, too, is is give a little bit of perspective to those non-technical people about what it takes to be a lightning department or what it takes to be a grip okay. department or what camera is doing when you're not at, you know, so much goes on. There, there are so many people doing so many hours worth of work for every frame of a film or every frame of a TV show. And I think it's important for people who are making the work in order for them to get better at creating it have a more complete sense of what's going on. Right. Be, be an all-around better uh, filmmaker, in a sense. Have have a better idea of the various jobs and theories that are going on. You know, for lighting, there's many different theories. I, I took, like, one film class in college, and they're like, yeah, here's three-point lighting. This is how this works. It was really beyond me. I was just like, okay, I, I can't even picture that, but I know that there's people who spend their entire lives, like, really studying the theory of lighting and that sort of stuff. So I, I, it makes me happy that there are... Um, 
people going out there and being like, maybe I can be better at, you know, executing a vision that uh, is, you know, well well thought out well lit well shot on a on a nice camera um one of the things that i'm i'm fascinated by is the insane influx of content that we have available to us um the number of productions that are constantly going on around the clock to fill this increased it seems like a need for content people are always streaming they're always looking for something to watch or talk about um and so you've got companies like Netflix literally spending billions upon billion. I think last year was what, like $13 billion on, pr- on production alone for things that people might not even watch. You know, it'll just get lost in your feed, but they're like, hey, it's there. We have original productions. So when you're working in lighting, you know, renting out lighting and doing lighting or having cameras, uh, how do you keep up with this pace where people could be renting cameras? non-stop where they're just like yep netflix needs like another five cameras because they're shooting this many productions um we yeah i mean we're seeing it on the rental side we this is one of our busiest years or in fact our busiest year ever um we're looking at doing 50 shows simultaneously across all of our offices 50 shows yeah so um you oh know and that's that's around north america in vancouver toronto atlanta new mexico chicago la oh my god where all of our offices are so it's it's intense yeah um and obviously we have to be prepared for that so it's it's that continuing to buy new gear and continuing to um hire more people and train people you know we can't just hire someone and they're good to go so you know there's a lot of training involved internally there um but yeah it's it's crazy i mean it's it's wonderful that there are so many different outlets and and different types of content for people to view you know Mm -hmm. it's not just your network shows anymore there's a lot out there. I forget the name of um, this new uh, thing that's uh, being developed where they're where they're working on only short form content okay. stuff that people can kind of ingest, digest in, on their commute to yeah. work. You know, so it's just like 15 minute long shows, yeah, things like that. So uh, it, you know, it's still evolving. There's still more and more coming out. I don't know. It's. Do you think that bubble's going to burst? Not anytime soon. Not anytime, not, yeah. and, I, and I hope not. I don't yeah. want it to burst because we do have, it, it, it seems like it creates a space for many different types of productions to be happening. Um, you know, it it's not like, sometimes people pine for the halcyon days of like the one show that everybody talked about. Like everybody watched MASH. Everybody yeah. watched Cheers. But now everybody can kind of watch whatever they want, whether it's shows of the past, shows of the future, shows of the right now. Uh, I think that's a good thing. But I, I do get nervous that people are just going to get so tuckered out. They're going to be like, I cannot watch. I literally cannot watch anymore. Um, I know a, a the TV critic of The Hollywood Reporter, um, Dan Feinberg, who's uh, an amazing TV critic. Every time I talk to him, he's I'm like, hey, Dan, how's it going? He's like, I'm exhausted. There's <laughs> so much TV to watch. Yeah. I literally can't cover it all. But for everybody in the industry, this is like an embarrassment of riches. This is, wow, I have so many opportunities to work on so many different things that you know maybe 10 years ago this wasn't really happening i mean 10 years 10 years ago netflix had really just started the whole streaming thing and they were just streaming other people's content and now you know uh a decade later if you are getting into the the um technical side of filmmaking 
there's probably work there out there for you. It might not be, you're probably not going to be on a Netflix series day one, but you're going to be on some sort of series for some sort of streaming platform, especially now that we've got Disney plus coming out by the end of the year, shooting all that. Uh, so it's, it's really incredible. And filmscape is going to be the place where you can learn these skills and get be part of this industry. Um, again, it's September 7th and 8th over at, uh, Cinespace filmscape, Chicago, now that the industry is so big is it uh is it is this the most exciting moment for you guys in in your entire careers in terms of working in lighting and camera is this like the thing that you guys always dreamed of where you can be doing lighting renting out cameras doing all of this on a constant basis yeah i think what's what's as exciting as uh for me as anything is that these you know the the marvel shows the netflix the netflix shows the big 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 budget stuff they force innovation in a way that smaller budget stuff can't you know everybody watched mash mash didn't necessarily change how technology was done no. avengers is changing technology every new movie they're like hey we need a way to do this impossible thing we have the money go make something and so these lights are being made or camera technology is being developed that that didn't exist before just for these movies and that gets to trickle down as well to these independently in independent films uh lower budget stuff the technology's there the the fixture like a lot of the new gear that we'll be showcasing on the on the floor at filmscape is going to be gear that was developed for these big 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 budget things because of the needs of that kind of production and now they're just available for for anybody to help tell those stories so um i think that's what's really exciting to me about right now is that uh lower budget independent creators are getting access to tools to help them tell new kinds of stories because of these huge productions because Mm -hmm. of the technological innovation that they require Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of thing that we're i mean i'm really excited about and that's the kind of thing that we're trying to showcase at at filmscape is is this new gear that can help help creators of any level yeah and is tech still getting cheaper and cheaper because you know you have the digital revolution um more or less at the turn of the century when people are like oh i can start shooting on digital um you have filmmakers like someone someone that really fascinates me is michael mann who uh he gets to um like the mid-2000s he makes collateral miami vice and uh public enemies which are all shot on digital video which is like it it literally it fundamentally changed the way that his movies looked and um and people were kind of at first hesitant to it because it looked almost hyper real like it looked it it didn't look like film but as time has gone on digital is how we shoot things now film is reserved for people like tarantino and whoever wants to be whoever wants to be like him but this digital revolution got uh tech to be way cheaper it was way more affordable for lower level productions to have a high level of uh, production value so things that were shot for much less money would look like more expensive essentially so is that still the case as we as more technology continues to come out is the cost still being driven down yes and no i think Mm -hmm. that what's happening is that um as technology advances uh as ned said that you know there's a lot more available to um someone who has you know less finances to Mm -hmm. you know so there are cheaper or more affordable cameras and lights and and everything that that house this great technology but as we continue advance then there are more high-end pieces Mm -hmm. of equipment too that are using the latest and greatest technology so 
yes, you can shoot 4K on, you know, the, a tiny little phone yeah. or, or camera. <laughs> But it's not the same quality. Um, I think that that term 4K has been, uh, it's a great, great marketing tool. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wanted to ask you about that because there's there's 4K and then there's actual 4K. Like when you get your Netflix subscription, the 4K you're watching on that is not, it's it's technically 4K. I, I know that there's a significant amount of compression that goes on for the streaming to work, but um, what what is true 4K and does it does it still matter? As you mentioned, it's it is a very good marketing tool because you throw it, slap it on a Blu-ray case, and all of a sudden you can sell it for an extra ten dollars. Yeah. But how? how much of a difference is 4k realistically making for for the average viewer for the average um you know uh, person in the film industry i i think that it's a term that's very easily digestible by people outside of the industry so it's easy to sell um but it doesn't actually always mean better quality mm-hmm. so you, you know you get into the technology of sensors of cameras um where the 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 way the pixel is made is actually you can have better pixels but less of them Mm -hmm. so maybe you don't reach that 4k mark of the number of pixels smashed into that sensor but they're Mm -hmm. better quality pixels so it's it is a little frustrating um because a lot of you know i talk to a lot of cinematographers who are frustrated by the fact that they can't choose the tool that they want to use because netflix has said well it has to be 4k and mm-hmm. and there and, and there are only like, certain cameras that yeah. can do that. I mean, pretty much every camera company now has a 4K camera out there, but maybe they wanted to use something else yeah. that actually to them produces a better quality image or or the right image for for their production. For their production. Yeah. So it there's more that goes into it than just that, but that's mm-hmm. just something that consumers can digest really easily and yeah. netflix has done a fantastic job of marketing that and getting people to pay more for 4k and yeah power all all the power to them yeah no that's i mean as as an avid consumer of uh i'm, I'm still a physical media loser i get i my co-host connor who's uh unfortunately not present today he he makes fun of me relentlessly for how committed i am to still buying physical discs because i tr- keep trying to explain to him i'm like no when it comes over the street even if you buy it digitally like it's not quite the same because the optical disc has all this and he's like shut up no one cares um, <laughs> <laughs> no no every, people just want it now they're just like, can I get what's the highest quality video result I can get as soon as possible? And Netflix and and Amazon Prime are all pretty much providing that. But uh, does does uh, Filmscape have any classes on that, like dis- distinguishing between like camera quality and like teaching you, hey, this is teaching you what you might want to shoot on versus what a streaming service might want you to shoot on? Like, kind of getting that uh, how to get your movie seen, or is it, or is it just we have uh, we have a class on HDR, uh, okay. so high dynamic range, which is one of the other Netflix buzzwords. Yeah, um, I will say as a lighting guy, I have no idea what it means, uh, but we do have a class <laughs> on it that I'll try to attend and learn what it means. Yeah, that's I mean from from lighting. I mean, is high dynamic range? That's like it just it's brighter brights and darker darks. I guess I guess I don't know. I've I've been. I've read too many like articles. I'm like, yeah, this is why you need HDR. I'm like, okay, I can get an HDR TV for, for fairly cheap. Why not? But so I guess the marketing worked, uh, filmscape Chicago, uh, September 7th and 8th over at Cinespace. Uh, and that's 25 
58 west 16th street um it's an amazing it's an amazing space that's amazing things are happening and this is one of these amazing things uh as as it says on their website it's more than just a trade show this is a place where you can seriously learn something you can either get uh learned up on something that you already know maybe learn an entirely new skill learn how to communicate with people uh on your on your production that uh, you previously didn't necessarily know how to communicate with um ned mcgregor and colette gabriel um you're both you're both going to be there you're both going to be you know enjoying the ambiance of people who are just trying to trying to make it in this crazy industry um and thank you so much for coming downtown we really appreciate it yes thanks so much for having us all right so again filmscape chicago the website of course is filmscapechicago.com uh we will be back next week with more no coast cinema your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago i am tom hush and i hope you have a great week 